Welcome to the Master's Method podcast, hosted by Zisser Customs Law Group. As experts in global trade, they will share valuable trade compliance and supply chain security information, along with the latest trade news, in a unique format that is easy to understand, use, and apply. They are going to simplify those complex topics, operational challenges, and difficult issues better than anyone else. Hey, Juan, the, the, the last few weeks have been a real challenge with uh, all these companies now filing these Section 301 legal challenges in the CIT. Oh, my God. Has there been a avalanche of lawsuits being filed with the USTR? I mean, it's been amazing how much um, input and traction this got when it was, you know, first announced that this would have happened. It's amazing the impact it's had and, and the uh, intensity it's had since this all started. See. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Master's Method podcast. I'm Steve Zisser, a customs attorney, and I specialize exclusively in the area of import and export law and supply chain security. And joining me on our podcast today is a good friend, Juan Moreno. Hi, Juan. Hi, Steve. I'm the director of trade compliance here at Zisser Group, where I've been here for the last 11 years. Originally started working for a Maculadora and a brokerage company a few years back. And I'm excited to be joining you, Steve, today for this important topic. Well, today's trade news topic is going to be about the latest China Section 301 legal challenge. And today we'll talk a little bit about the history of what's kind of going on, uh, the court cases that have been filed over the last couple of weeks, some of the deadlines that you needed to be aware of, and ultimately what we're all wondering, the potential for recovery. Um, as, as one I said earlier, this has been a whirlwind couple of weeks. Um, as a lot of you know, you've been paying China, a lot of companies have been paying China 301 duties. Uh, going back actually to early 2018, uh, they had list number one, list number two, list number three, and list number 4A. And what happened uh, just a few weeks back, um, one company, just one company won, this was just so interesting, one company filed a case in court challenging those 301 duties. And the legal theory was that the, uh, that the government did not comply with the Administrative Procedure Act and didn't comply with all the requirements, and therefore we're going to challenge the case. And what they did is they filed a case, this was actually a case called the HTMX case, I believe one, that's what it was, right? Versus, uh, versus the USTR, uh, that's who they went after. They're suing the US Trade Representative and US Customs at the same time to get that money back and saying, well, you didn't comply with the rule, and therefore the, the, the Section 301 uh, list three or list 4A is essentially one invalid, right? Invalid, exactly, yes. They, they're trying to essentially uh, uh, win that case by establishing that those two lists, the way they were imposed or put in play, I should say, uh, went against the process for list one and two. With basically the argument is that list one and two went through the normal expected procedure as far as the protocols involved for that, whereas list three and four A did not. So that's the challenge that's being fought right now or in the courts, basically. Yeah, and, and it's interesting one because a, a lot of us would have thought maybe they would have challenged possibly list one and two, but they didn't do that. They basically list one and two, like you said. I guess they conceded that that the protocol was okay, but it was list three and four a they did not follow the right process that's right steve yes which in, interestingly enough also they are the two largest lists that were published out that's there true. That's good point. so so though that might also have an impact as to you know that situation there yeah 
So what happened is uh, they, they filed that case. And when they filed that case, um, they filed it about a week, about seven, eight days before basically what we call the due date. And the due date was essentially two years from when the duties were essentially imposed, which was basically September 21st of 2018. So that's, so two years from that was September 21st of 2020, which obviously now we've already passed that date. So when they filed the case, they basically filed that about a week early. And when they filed it, everybody scrambled once they saw that and said, well, wait a minute, now I need to file. And what happened is one, how many have been filed, I think, as of now? I think there's over 5,000 lawsuits filed as of today. So it was amazing because initially, you know, you saw the one obviously that went in, but then the next day, I think we saw like maybe 10 or 20, but then an an avalanche of three to 400 a day. And then we saw thousands filed, you know, the last day. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's definitely closer to close to 4,000 cases mm -hmm. are now in. And you're right. It was amazing because, you know, they, they hit the Monday and a couple went in, then Tuesday, a couple more, and then boy, Thursday and Friday, explosion. And then of course, over the weekend, because a lot of people say, well, we do on the 18th, which was a Friday, but then a lot of people said, really, you don't have to get it until the 21st, which was the following Monday. And so over the weekend, a lot of people filed, and of course, a bunch of people filed on Monday. And even some people actually filed a little bit late later mm-hmm. uh, because the theory was it was really from the date supposedly the date that you actually paid it the first time you paid it now obviously the 21st was the date it became due but if you didn't have an entry on the 21st but you had an entry let's say by the 24th the 25th in 2018 technically your due date would have been the 24th or the 25th based on the date that you paid it um, and so that's kind of the deadline that we're dealing with here but Again, a lot of companies filed. Now, the way they filed, remember, is the way they did this is they filed their case just like the lead case. In fact, the lead case, as I said, was filed earlier. And what the intention is is everybody is going to suspend under the lead case. So all these other cases, these thousands of other cases against the government are not going to proceed. They're simply going to stay in suspension pending a decision in that lead case and and one looking at that lead case you know how long is this thing going to take Oof. well estimates right now of what we've heard steve is this is going to take you know a few years obviously to go through the courts and the other thing is that who knows you know obviously depending on the result whether the client or in this case the importer wins or whether the government wins certainly both parties are going to appeal so go through the appeal process. This is probably going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. I expect it to go there. So this, we don't foresee this being resolved anytime soon, obviously. Probably within maybe two to four years is going to be my best bet on this. Yeah, it definitely, definitely, definitely. I think you're right, Juan. I think this is going to be a very, very long time. This is not, I will tell you, I think a lot of the lawyers who actually pursued these cases made it sound like, oh, file your claim and it's automatic, you're gonna win. Well, that's not very honest actually, because this is gonna go, like Juan said, this is gonna go through a process. It's gotta go through the lower court, which is the US Court of International Trade. Uh, Whoever wins or loses there most likely is going to appeal. Certainly the loser will most likely appeal. I know if the government loses, they will definitely appeal to the US Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. 
which is the appellate court in Washington, D.C. Um, and these are not fast processes. This is going to take some time uh, getting it all together. And then if they lose there, somebody, like Juan said, could appeal all the way up to the Supreme Court and do it there. Exactly. And Steve, let's not forget, we've got a, an election coming up. So who knows what the outcome of that it, it, you know, may result in if, let's say, the Democrats take office. So again, there's that on the table as well, which could play a role in this. Well, that, you know, it's an interesting thing you talk about because I've heard some, some talk that if there is a change in administration, mm -hmm. who knows? Let's say they decide that, uh, yeah, we Done. don't think the duties were appropriate. Yeah. And maybe the government at that point concedes the issue and said, you're right, we're going to give it all back to you. Exactly. Um, now, how do you get your money back? Well, the theory was you have to file a claim to get a recovery under this case. Now, right now, if you didn't file for list three, um, most likely you probably have lost your opportunity at this point. But uh, some people are saying, no, every time you do an entry, every time you did an entry where you paid list three, 301 duties, you essentially have a new claim opportunity. So let's say you filed your first claim on the 24th, 2018, then you filed another one on the 26th, 27th, 28th, but you kept obviously paying duty, paying duty, claim after claim, entry after entry. Well, we believe, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, an entry is a standalone transaction. And therefore, each time you have a transaction, you'd be challenging that. So if you were to file now, if you haven't filed, but you wanted to file, in theory, you could make an argument and say, look, I might not get back the money I paid on the first, second, or third claim, but I get it back on all the other claims. Exactly. Now, again, I don't know if that's going to work. Um, a lot of people say it had to be the first time that you paid it, and that's when it became due, and that's what you have to challenge, and all subsequent payments really don't matter at all. So you may be late, you may be early. The only other good news, too, if you paid duties only under 4A, not 3, list 3, but just 4A, which would later, I think that would later in the year one, mm -hmm. around December that's right. of 2018, mm -hmm. technically those claims are not due yet. No, exactly. So, so if you only had duties involved with four, list four A, in theory, you still have an opportunity to file because those claims are not within the two-year mark statute, at yeah. this point. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's going to be a big challenge to see what happens with this, how this evolves. Certainly, I know we're all going to be talking about this for quite some time. And when you talk about 4,000 plus companies that have filed these claims uh, in the U.S. Court of International Trade, it's a, it's a it really represents probably a majority of importers one at this point, the import volume, certainly. Definitely, gotta, Steve. Yeah. Got to be covered there. At this point, look, watch it, uh, monitor it. Um, as I said, you know, it, it's, it's going to be out there for a while um, and we'll have to see what happens. But boy, I'll tell you, I've never seen anything move so fast, so quickly in such a short amount of time uh, as this. So Juan, any, any final comments? Well, yes, de yes, definitely stay tuned to more of the Master's Method podcast because we're going to be on this issue covering, you know, as we hear updates, as we hear changes, we're going to be, you know, providing status updates on this. So continue to follow the Master's Method podcast and uh, look forward to talking to you guys on the next, uh, on the next opportunity. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us today on the Master's Method podcast. And thank you, Juan, for sharing this valuable information on this critical case. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Master's Method podcast. 
Zisser Customs Law Group is a full-service international trade law firm and a global leader in international trade compliance training. Be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not legal advice. If you have any questions or require additional support, please do not hesitate to contact us through our website at zissergroup.com or send us an email to solutions at zissergroup.com.